Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. Thank you all for joining me today. Super excited to bring this episode to you in the next couple as I've been just chewing on this this head, hands, heart idea and this resources sort of reality that I've been been hoping to bring to you guys. And before we get to the the real meat of the episode, I just wanted to share a reflection I was having with you guys. I think one of the things that I struggle with the most is that I get lost in the resources. I get lost in the sense that I need to find more, find more things before I start, before I take on this, this new challenge, whatever it might be. I want to be super confident in my capacity to execute well. I talked a little bit about this last week, but I want to want to call that out for what it is. It's mostly just procrastination. It's productive potentially, but it's also productive procrastination, right? I, I get the idea that I'm moving when I'm not actually moving. And so in that reflection, I wanted to to share with you all some of the resources that have led me to actual action, that have inspired me to move and to work and to do something about it. Because if we aren't taking action, we're just standing still. We might be reading. We might be watching a video. We might be listening to a podcast. And we think, oh, yeah, this is, this is really helping me. But unless we take it towards something actionable and fail at it, we're probably not actually going to grow. I, I recently shared a video with a, with a group I was uh, working with from Kara Lawson, the head coach, head women's basketball coach at Duke. And she was talking about how preparation is a demonstration of respect, right? Preparation is a demonstration of respect. And she's talking about in the context of a basketball schedule, right? We get really excited for these high-intensity, high-stress games, these games against good opponents. And so we maybe memorize the scouting report. We get super prepared because we respect our opponent so much. But we all know as athletes that the opposite is also true. When we see, you know, Ofer on the schedule, a team that hasn't won a game yet, we don't we don't spend as much time in the preparation. We don't respect our opponent as much. And so there's this balance that I'm speaking to and the actual taking action and failing at the thing so you can get better and then preparing to do the thing well, giving the task the respect it deserves. I would, I would lean towards the former, right? Lean towards taking quick action. But then when we fail, when we struggle at the thing, keep learning, keep iterating, keep trying again, immerse yourself in the thing so that you can learn quickly. Cause the job isn't necessarily to be perfect at it, which is the reason I stop sometimes the reason I pause or I procrastinate. I want it to be perfect. The task is to learn 
to get better, to continue to find our best performance whenever possible. And that's really what this series is about. What I'm trying to do is show you when I'm at my best and to challenge you to think about when you're at your best. In my own experience, these things have helped me. These people have helped me find and experience my best, most consistent performance in all of the areas of life that we talk about throughout the, the course of this program. Yes, as a coach. Yes, as an athlete. Yes, as a leader. But also as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, as a son, right? When I'm doing these things, the stuff I'm, I'm going to dig into, I feel more confident about the rest of my life. When we take control of one area, when we put some order in one area of our life, we can't help but let that permeate and build outward. So the stuff we're going to be talking about today is really allowing us to get to that best version of self without the procrastination it's triggering action and that is what we are constantly in search of yes find the resources that are going to help you do that but don't get stuck on them or the next one right use it activate take action so what does action look like for you jamie is the question that you guys might be asking. And I would reciprocate that question, but I'm going to try and illuminate for you what does action look like in my world. I'm going to be honest. I need to be reminded of this thing that I just kind of stumbled on in, in Ryan Holiday's book, Discipline is Destiny, that saying no is just as important as saying yes, right? Having the discipline to say no to something, right? To not make everybody happy all the time, to not do all of the things all the time is really, really important, right? He says it this way, or actually it wasn't from Ryan Holiday. It was from the Daily Discipline newsletter by Brian Kite. He says, be more disciplined on fewer things. Learn how to bring the highest discipline to a few key areas rather than bringing average discipline to more areas. Focus on the few that when done with exceptional discipline, Right? It's going to amplify into the rest of your life. He said it's easier to move from great discipline in a few areas than add more to your list as you get better than it is to raise your standards, standards of discipline across every area all at once in your life. I think that is something that I, I recognize that I've fallen out of routine, that things have gotten a little tricky, that I'm struggling. And I'm like, okay, let's bring back everything all at once. Right now I'm in one of those phases. It's why I wanted to do this podcast, right? So what is the thing that I have tried to anchor to most specifically as a discipline I'm going to exercise? The first one, and I believe it's probably the most important for me is morning, right? Getting to a morning routine that is super helpful, that is clarifying for my day. It makes me go to bed earlier at night. It makes me prioritize sleep because the rest of my life is a shamble when I don't. It's just the thing that makes me feel the healthiest, number one. I think that's really important is my body responds to it. I'm never happy about waking up early in the morning, but I also love it. <laughs> like I'm never happy when it happens. But the rest of my day is set up for success in a way that I can't explain. And so it has to be the foundational one for me right now. And so when, when I hear this, cut all of the stuff out, 
and just focus on a few simple disciplines that when done well, will amplify into the rest of your life. For me, that is absolutely an early morning routine. Well, where did I get this idea for, I mean, Ryan Holiday daily discipline is one, but that's a, it's a new book that kind of triggered some of this thinking. You know, I've, I've mentioned atomic habits and the power of habit in the last episode, you know, but James clear atomic habits and Charles Duhigg, the power of habit, but I, I want to mention a few others. Number one is uh, Marcus Aurelius's meditations. Obviously, if you've read Ryan Holiday, he talks about that a lot. But you know, Marcus challenges himself to say, "Why do you want to stay under these covers, comfortable? Right? You aren't growing here. You aren't doing anything here to advance the cause." And his job was huge. He's the emperor of the Roman Empire in the middle of a plague with war going on, right? And so he's going, "I, I can't have this luxury." all the time. I need to get up and do the work today. Um, a second thing that I did, and I'm not doing this currently, but a second thing is uh, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. And she challenges us to think about this idea of morning pages, right? For writers, for artists, for those of you that are going to aspire to make a big change in your life, potentially, or you coaches that want to put on, you know, put a new look to your program or make cultural change. One of the things that she challenges us with to do this, you have to kind of iterate often. You have to make some mistakes along the way and find out what is actually in your heart's head as the, as the thing you want to do. We could probably describe the end outcome that we want to have, but we don't really know how to get there. And so we have to explore that. And what she says is just three longhand pages, right? Write three longhand pages front and back is kind of her challenge. But And I don't know how often I ever did that, but it's like just constant work. Just keep the pen to the page writing. And, and it is a way to kind of clear your mind, empty your thoughts. And so that then led me to a podcast called The Moment with Brian Koppelman. And he, he looks at these inflection points, right? Those moments of massive change for these super successful people. And he says, well, what changed after that? What changed in that moment? And he often asks, okay, so what's your routine? Do you have a routine that you follow in the morning? Do you have a daily routine in terms of your food, your sleep, your nutrition? I'm going to ask you all that. Do you know? Do you know what your optimal routine is to produce something like morning pages? And it doesn't have to be morning pages, right? It doesn't have to be three long handwritten pages. He talks about that being a really transformational process in his life. And that led him, he's the, he wrote, he co-wrote rounders. He's the showrunner of the show billions um, on showtime. He's written in, you know, he's part of the Oceans franchise, Oceans 13, I think him and his writing partner wrote. So like there's there's some evidence here that this stuff works from people in in uh, high up places. Like so when he asks these elite performers, what's your routine? He's not saying, oh, it works for me. It has to be the way that you do it. He's, he's going, no, this is a pattern I've seen from a bunch of elite performers once that moment, that inflection point happens, something changes in the way that we see the world or we think about the world. And potentially the routine was in place before that, and then it solidified or codified the routine for you. Again, my question is, what is your routine? How do you perform optimally? Do you have any idea or sense of what that looks like in your life? For many of us former athletes, we know when we're dialed in. 
We know when the process is really tight for us. I know when my body feels good. I know when it's triggering and working the way that I want it to. I would imagine you guys do as well. And so like being part of that process is knowing which thing you need to anchor to in your routine. For me, it's waking up early in the morning for a few of these reasons, for some of these resources that have really triggered action for me, right? It's is meditations an idea, right? Something that I'm thinking about. Why am I stuck under these covers, right? Why get up, do the work. Then, then how do I do the work? Well, Julia Cameron gives an idea, the artist way, right? These pages that we can write down our thoughts and our ideas. Well, what does that look like for me? I journal most mornings, right? I read most mornings and, and, you know, typically that's some version of wisdom literature. I've, I've talked about a few of those Leo Tolstoy's a calendar of wisdom, Ryan holiday and Stephen Hanselman's the daily stoic. Um, but I, I also read scripture, you know, sometimes most mornings. And, and for me, that's some sort of wisdom literature in the Bible, which is Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, typically for me, a gospel to kind of connect with, the story aspect that is so transformative in all of our lives. And then I'm trying to read an epistle from Paul who I think, you know, like, and not all from Paul, but, um, and so that's my practice spiritually in the morning. But again, I like, if we're going to trigger towards getting a morning routine in place, I, I have to prioritize sleep and, and something that, uh, John Peter sent me recently that just transformed my understanding and my perspective on sleep is, is, um, Peter Atia's podcast, the drive, the dive, excuse me, um, and understanding sleep and how to improve it. That's an episode from September 5th, of 2022. It's about an hour and a half, and it's got just a ton of stuff on sleep. It'll probably blow your mind. Um, but like, how do we prioritize sleep and how do we get better at it? So that's, that's been something I've been dealing with. Uh, Andrew Huberman has a ton of guests on where he talks about sleep and he's a neurobiologist, um, or a neuroscientist, excuse me. And he's, he's constantly talking about the value of sleep. This thing like, challenged me in a big way. And I hope it challenges all of you. Evolution created sleep. It wouldn't be a part of our lives if it wasn't necessary. Think about it. Out on the plains of Africa, whenever our ancestors were, like even we just go back a thousand years or 1500 years, sleep meant not foraging for food, not caring for your young, not trying to like pass on your genetics. And yet we still get eight hours of it a night. If you just let people sleep, it it's roughly that your body wakes up after that period of time. So why is it there? It has to be important and we can't minimize it's important in our life just because we got other things to do. As a result of that sleep process, I've almost completely stopped consuming alcohol of any kind, not even like one every so often because it just inhibits my sleep. It limits that. And that's been a relatively long process coming, you know, even when I am with friends or in a situation where the social norm is to do that, I'll maybe have one, maybe two beverages of any kind to try and, you know, to be social and to not make other people, but I, sometimes I enjoy it, but mostly the evidence says it's not going to help your sleep and it can be really detrimental to your overall health in time. And so those are just like little ways that I'm taking action on that. What's 
what else has happened? I've moved my sleep window back, right? I still want to get seven, eight, you know, seven and a half, eight hours minimum, but that doesn't mean being in bed for eight hours, right? Because we have these periods of awake time if you do any of the research. So I'm, I'm asleep or trying to be asleep a lot earlier than I had been. And so these are just little things that kind of, once you do one of these things, the morning routine, it requires some discipline in other areas of life. And so these two things are just my anchor, my point of reference, right? And so the, the podcast that I'm recommending, the, the books that I'm talking about, these are things that have actually triggered some action in my life to move me towards better outcomes in a way that is what I would say healthiest for me. Again, always holding up a mirror for myself first and saying, this is for me. Hopefully it gives you guys some idea of how to, how to take action in your own personal lives on that. So that's really my anchor point. But what else have I done in my life that has been super helpful, healthy for me? I, I talk about a lot of these books that I read and where did that come from? Well, I've always been curious, I think, as a learner. But I also like haven't always been a, an avid, voracious reader. I think most people that know me would say that's not true. But there was a period where I, I really didn't read a lot. And I, I kind of got inspired or triggered by a book that another guest has mentioned way back at the beginning, Seth Olson, who's a former NFL player. He, he mentioned a guy by the name of Jeff Olson in the book, The Slight Edge. This was really a transformational book for me because it, it made me think about how doing these small things just add up to major impact over time. And one of the things that he said in there that has really become a foundational practice for me almost every day since then, it, you know, with the exception of recently, is 10 pages of a good book every day. Just read 10 pages of a good book. Right? And for me, 10 pages is something I feel really comfortable with. If you're not much of a reader, don't, don't even set the, the bar that high. That's not, that's not attainable for some of us to do 10 pages because it's a long time. 10, 15 minutes when we don't have it is challenging. So make it two or three pages and make it five pages. When we start to do that, whatever we pay attention to grows and expands, right? And so for me, 10 pages of a good book, when I'm in my reading practice, it's never 10 pages. It's always way more than that. But when I'm not in it, I have to start somewhere, right? I have to carve out some period of time and for me, that really came back to, I want to be a leader in my life, in areas. And so I better have some knowledge of a lot of things. And so my identity, right? I talked about this in the last episode. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are becoming. Who do you want to be? I really wanted to identify with being a reader. And what does a reader mean? It means someone that can lead and answer questions because they have resources and tools available to them. So, so this idea of becoming a leader really became a necessity for me to be a better reader in my world. And that, that goes back to James Clear and Atomic Habits. And so when we're doing these things well, when we're, when we're organizing one piece of our life, it then triggers and moves into other pieces. I talked about journaling during my morning process. Where did I get that idea? Well, you know, obviously the Daily Stoic has a journal and talks about the value of journaling. Morning pages is effectively a journal. 
But the journal that I typically do is a three, two, one journal. I do three things I'm grateful for, two good things that happened yesterday, and one question that I have that I'm kind of chewing on. And really, this is just a process to get my brain more positive. And that comes from Sean Aker. Um, his TED Talk is awesome. It's funny. It's uh, you know compelling. Right? I think he called it, it's called the Happiness Advantage, which is actually his book as well. Um, and he talks about how gratitude journaling and having a journal that just kind of keeps this uh, mindset in a really positive, happy, optimistic place rewires your brain to think about the world in a positive way. And that those things can be, again, a transformational process that actually produce better outcomes for you. Right. What we it begins to to change our thinking to start seeing positive things happening. If I have to write every single day two two good things that happened yesterday, my goal is to not say the same thing over and over and over again. So if you look at my journal, I'm constantly trying to find different things to say that happened yesterday or different things that I'm grateful for. Well, what does that do? It opens the lens to all of those things in my life that I'm grateful for, that I think are good that happened yesterday. And then the question, what's one thing that I want to focus on? What's one thing I want to learn today? What's one thing I need to know more about today? Again, I'm trying to ask new questions every single day. And so asking those questions means I'm my attention goes to that thing for the rest of the day, or my attention goes to thinking about the types of questions I want to ask myself. And so just throughout the day, starting with that anchoring point, starting with this process that gives me kind of really positive juice going forward allows me to see the good in the world, allows me to see the things that I'm grateful for and to be taking mental notes, subconscious notes. It's changing our brain chemistry to a degree to figure out how to, how to see the world differently. And so that, that really is kind of foundationally my morning routine in a lot of ways and I, there are pieces of it where I'm doing some physical activity to get my body moving as well. Um, just kind of some activation stuff because I have really weak hips, I feel like, and my low back is problematic. And that goes back to my time um, recovering from some sciatic stuff. And so I, I do some of those things almost every day. I try not to skip things, but sometimes you're your process just has to be cut short for different reasons. And so there are things that I do kind of every day that are non-negotiable. And then there are things that just, I want to do each morning. If I don't get there, I try to have some grace with myself and say, okay, that's, that's fine. If we get to it later, awesome. If not, we'll do it tomorrow. Right. And, and one of the things that I've really been kind of adamant about in my life is never miss two days. Yes, I miss two days in a row all the time, but I, I want to have that sort of discipline to say, okay, if a streak ends, I'm going to start a new one the next day. I'm going to start a new one tomorrow. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I got that from Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans. Um, that's a book where he inter takes a lot of his podcast interviews and kind of distills it into information that we can see. It's a relatively heavy book or heavy looking book, I should say, but each conversation is maybe three or four pages and it's just a great reference tool to be like oh i want to look at that and he's got it uh, organized i think by healthy wealthy and wise and so you if you're okay I'll, something with my body i'm gonna go into the healthy section and just flip through or look at my notes where i highlighted all that stuff um and then 
if it's about money or it's about wisdom, I can go to these places and, and really kind of trigger that out. And then, you know, like, again, as I think about this, it just, it triggers a new idea. It triggers a new series of things that I'm about as a person. Well, so the morning pages, the morning routine sets me in a great place. The second thing I really want to be doing all the time is learning new things. I'm always adding new tools to the tool belt. And again, this is where I have to balance that procrastination, productive procrastination versus actual activity, working on it, failing often, iterating again, trying again, getting feedback, immersing myself in the process. Really hard to do with kids, really hard to do with jobs, careers, businesses, all that stuff. And so I understand this, but for me, one, one thing I have to be doing, it's just novelty, right? Is learn new things. And, you know, Tim Ferriss's podcast has been great for that because he's really divergent as a thinker. And uh, he has, you know, the four hour work week, the four hour chef, the four hour body. And he, he really distills learning down to its fundamentals and says, this is how we learn best, how we learn fastest. I try and make games out of things that I learn. And so I'm, I'm constantly tracking it to like keep a scoreboard. I'm always tracking these new things that I'm doing. When I was playing guitar more consistently, I was tracking how often I was playing, how many mistakes I was making. I, you know, I had this app, Musician. Um, the app, sorry, is Musician, Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N, right? Um, and it, it's, it pays attention for you. How many errors are you making? What percentage of success are you having? that sort of stuff. So I was tracking all of that when I was, you know, like when I was really into my reading practice about how many pages I'm going to read each day, I had a goal of 75 pages a day. I was writing that down and trying to make sure that at the end of the month, the scoreboard said I did 75 pages a day. That can be its own sort of vice, right? Be cautious with some of this stuff, constantly reflect on it. For me, it's absolutely been a vice at times to be like, nope, I can't do that. I can't prioritize my relationship with my wife. I can't prioritize my relationship with my children because I have to read 75 pages today because I set this goal at the beginning of the month. That's not healthy either. That is something I have to look at and say, wait a second, hold on. You are, you are not serving the things that you want to be served in your life when you're living like this. And so I need that reminder also. I need that reminder to reflect. And really that comes out in the morning pages a lot of the times or what I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm rarely ever grateful in my journal for making sure I got 75 pages or for meeting the goal at the end of the month. What I'm grateful for is spending time with my children, spending time with my friends, doing things that, that allow me to move the process forward. And so what does learning look like for me? I think a book that was really helpful in this was Josh Waitkins, Waitskin's uh, The Art of Learning. And then he's been, he's really not on social media or in the podcast world, but he's good friends with Tim Ferriss. And so Tim Ferriss has a few episodes with him, I think three or four it just illuminate the way that he thinks he was a chess. So the, the movie uh, searching for Bobby Fisher, right? The next American chess prodigy was based on Joshua Waitkin's, Waitkin's childhood. So he's a chess prodigy and then he moved into martial arts and now he's in surfing. Like he's not, these are not connected disciplines, right? 
but the process of learning is connected. And so he talks about how to, how to do that. And that was a, again, just a foundational text for me to say, how can I learn new things also? Right. I wouldn't have taken on the challenge of finishing the basement. I, I probably wouldn't have like committed to learning how to play the guitar better if it weren't for texts like this, that's structured a way to learn, to actually figure out how to do it and, and not feel like I'm floundering in the dark. And so the hope of this, this episode is really to give up, give you some of the resources that have structured, helped my life to think about, can I use that too? Can I use that too? I think some books I just have to mention that I haven't yet. Um, I probably have in other episodes and I'll give a little synopsis of each one is, you know, Carol Dweck's mindset. That is obviously a part of, um, you know, as a teacher, as a coach, we have to be thinking about what are we telling our students and our athletes that they came with a certain amount of talent and that that talent is fixed and can't grow and that they just have to sharpen it or that they have a growth mindset that they can change and shape and move the way that they think even about how good they can be or the outcomes that they can get. Right. So if you, if you're struggling with what does this mindset stuff mean, I can't imagine you are if you've, but if you're a new listener, right, check out that book. I think that's really, really helpful. Um, a book called upstream by Dan Heath just talks about attacking problems at the source, right? Not the proximate cause, not the downhill cause of something, but the upstream cause, right? The actual real cause of something and, and then how to attack it. Um, I think, I mean, when John and I started a hundred and some episodes ago, we talked about the book peak by Kay Anders Erickson and Robert Poole. Um, it's kind of the basis for the, what Malcolm Gladwell used for the 10,000 hours rule um, and outliers flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi is, is really, really valuable as an athlete and as an artist or as somebody that's trying to create things to think about how do you create optimal states of performance, right? Um, the rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler is looking at all of these elite um, kind of extreme sports performers and how they optimize flow to overcome crazy odds to be successful in ways that we never would have thought possible 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And I think this is one of those, these things that I think about that I say on the show a lot is like, we have to show people what's possible because once, you know, forever the 900 in any board sports, skateboarding, snowboarding, like it was just impossible. Couldn't be done. Nobody could do it. Now six and seven and eight year olds are doing it. Why? Because we, we found how it was done. We taught other people how to do it. And now it's not a barrier. It's a necessity. And that's just how life works. What thing out there do you think is impossible for you right now? I guarantee you somebody's out there doing it and they probably have a trick as to how to do it. And if not, there are other people trying to achieve that thing. And when we work together to overcome those kind of huge odds, we get there and then we blow past it in a way that, you know, is, is almost inconceivable. Um, and then one other one is, you know, finite and infinite games by James Carson. It's a weird structure, weirdly structured book. Um, it's kind of, 
like stanzas, ideas thrown together, but he's talking about that this process never ends. Finite games are games with clear and defined rules. Infinite games are games that are broad. They impact everyone and they, they're ongoing. And so in finite games, the goal is be ahead on the scoreboard at the end. This is the do goals, right? Infinite games are make sure everyone keeps playing when you are done. And that's the who goals, right? Leave a legacy that, that puts you in position to have meaningful impact that moves forward beyond your time here. I think that's what this is about. That's what this show has always been about. That's what this particular episode is about. How do we create for ourselves processes that ensure our impact is infinite for our families, for our friends, for the people we come in contact with, for the people we coach, for the people we lead, for the businesses that we are trying to make better? What does that look like for us? How do we do it every single day? How do we fail and get back up? All of that is tied together. There are so many other things that I will get to in the next couple episodes, right? For me, you kind of got to look inside my head today. What does it look like for my process to happen? I'm going to be interviewing some people to show me what their process looks like, what sort of resources they have engaged with, people that are in big transition moments, people that are struggling, people that might be in great places. What does it look like for you? I'll leave you with this. One of the things that I do to really get in the zone is I listen to one song on repeat. Almost always. Because I, my, it just like triggers something in my brain that helps me as I'm working, as I'm writing, as I'm building content for people. It's typically um, explosions in the sky, the only moment we were alone. There's no words. It's just instrumental. Um, explosions in the sky, if anybody kind of recognize that but are uncertain where you heard it, it's the theme music for both the Friday Night Lights TV show and the Friday Night Lights movie. That song is actually called Your Hand in Mine. And it's another one that I listen to on repeat on occasion, right? But mostly it just really helps me focus my brain. Maybe you need that. Maybe you listen to a lot of music and, and you're a musical person and new music excites you and motivates you and distracts you. That would be me. <laughs> so what I do is I find something that works. I just listen to it over and over and over again. Maybe that doesn't work for you, but that's another part of my process that helps me go to the places where I find my best. That's the challenge. Thank you all for joining me. I can't wait to bring you more and more and more of this content to, to continue to explore how not only I do it, but other people that have had massive influence in my life manage their routine, their process, and grow every day to help us live eyes up.